0: Good day, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to a couple of uh, grossly incompetent, annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 103th Simpsons Podcast. <music> That's right, it's the Simpsons Podcast that discusses Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond? Well, we feel that there's many podcasts out there that have already discussed seasons 1 through 10, the golden age, if you will, and we thought uh, we'd get back into The Simpsons, watch the later years, the modern era, see if there's any gems out there that could rival the old classic Simpsons. Uh, with me on this journey is always my half an annoyed grunt boy.
1: Steve. Hey, Craig. How's it going?
0: Good. I am also Craig. That's right. You are Craig. I forgot to introduce myself as <laughs> a grossly incompetent podcast.
1: We are gross
0: and we are incompetent. Just like our 44th president, right? 44th? Yeah, Obama, because our 45th said he was grossly incompetent.
1: Oh, yeah, and he committed all those crimes. Right. You know they are.
0: Hashtag Obamagate, right?
1: Yeah. The worst crime that you can imagine. <laughs> whatever. They
0: are. The worstest of worse. <laughs> I haven't seen worser crimes than, than anything.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't get any worse than whatever he is. <laughs> Said to have done. Uh, I'll remind you that we're not a political podcast, but uh, there we go.
0: All right, Steve, how have you been this week?
1: I've been doing fine, uh, getting into the groove of life.
0: Yeah, I've uh, been a handyman lately. Ooh, I went and uh, I our kitchen sink, the faucet was like um, it was leaking, mm-hmm. and so I had to get a new faucet. And I don't know if that how long that faucet's been there, but it was ages. And just trying to remove it, it was it was gross. Wow, but um, I did buy. I bought myself a fancy, fancy faucet, Steve. I bought a motion sensor faucet. And I got to say, it is the greatest thing ever. (laughs) I don't have to like, because I do a lot of the cooking. So I'm, you know cutting up vegetables or cutting up raw meat and every time i'm like touching it i have to go and you know turn the faucet on and wash my hands
1: and you should be washing your hands a lot these days so that's good
0: and so just the idea of just like waving at at it and the water turns on it's god steve i i don't know if i could go back
1: well that's good you've crossed this path and now you're living in a new technology exciting
0: I also installed a new soap dispenser into the sink, too, so there you go. yeah. Which also took, touchless? No
1: Oh, well, you get there.
0: Those are kind of expensive. Yeah,
1: they are
0: <laughs> Other than that. Uh, yeah, I've just been uh, been been doing the, the quarantining. you know who you know who probably hates quarantine, Steve? who's that? Jared from subway. he's more into a quora preteen. <laughs> Steve, I don't know how to work the soundboard. Uh, (laughs) I think you're doing just fine. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, Oh, wait. I think I figured it out. Okay. Because he doesn't uh, like quarantine. He likes Quora Preteen. Hey, you did it. Good job. (laughs) Anything you want (laughs) to
1: add? I couldn't top that if I wanted to.
0: Been saving that uh, bad joke for a while.
1: Well, I think that that is just a perfect lead to talk about time, a simpler time, when we all like Jared. Maybe (laughs) let's say... Uh, January 5th, 2003. Yeah. Uh, Which also happens coincidentally enough to be when the episode that we're talking about today first aired.
0: Oh, cool. Do you want me to tell you what the number one movie that weekend was? I sure hope you do. All right. It's the uh, sequel, the fellowship of the ring, the (laughs) Lord of the Rings. Uh,
1: uh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) fell asleep there for a moment. I'm
0: just, saying the title how did you fall asleep from that hey so so long we have a connection we actually saw this together in the theater that's right in a very late showing and you never saw fellowship that's right did you ever see the follow-up return of the king I probably did at
1: some point. Also, I believe that we had worked a 10-hour day Yeah. prior to the midnight showing of that. Hey, I stayed away. Yes. <laughs> um,
0: of course, yeah. Maybe uh, uh, in some time we'll talk about fantasy, but I don't know. Not this episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'll happen in the future at some point.
0: But Right. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. We probably know about that on the podcast if you listen. So uh, I was definitely helping out that number one film that week. How about the, uh, the music? Well,
1: speaking of movies, the number one song is from a movie. It is by rapper
0: MNM, it is Lose Yourself, from the movie t- Eight Mile. Okay, now we take a listen together, right? Yeah. This yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm popping on the music video for us. Perfect. All right, so... Uh, so, is this the actual music video? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, remember, uh, what's her name, Brittany? Uh,
1: Oh, yeah. Murphy's Murphy? in this movie.
0: She hasn't done much lately, has she? Nope. Is this the Mom Spaghetti song? Yeah. Doesn't he actually sell a product called Mom Spaghetti?
1: <laughs> if he doesn't, he's missing out, because that's would be a great pasta sauce. If you, had,
0: you know, I have to admit that uh, one shot. I was, I don't know if I was a huge Eminem fan, but sees I definitely had, wanted. like, the first couple of his albums. One mm-hmm. And Oh, no, I, I enjoy yeah. this
1: are Yeah he's, he's Controversial but he's very talented
0: Yeah this, I mean this is a I used to run um, As a jogger But like his music's good to work out to I gotta say so. Oh yeah And this movie actually you know, is pretty good It's just uh, What was the uh, reference Everyone said this movie is just uh.
2: gravity Oh
0: uh, was it, uh, 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 he's with, uh, oh, no, he's, he's so mad But he won't give up What's movie with I'm thinking Avatar Yeah it's Yeah it's It conveys in your place That's right and and his his first wife I'd watch this movie again
1: Yeah it was fun yeah, I don't think this like the actual music video. <laughs> I think it's just clips from the middle beat.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, well, In the comments, it says no copyright infringement intended. <laughs> <laughs> which is fun to say like i didn't mean to commit a crime <laughs> i didn't mean to shoot the guy no murder intended
0: oh all right yeah so hey i approve of the movie and the song of this week so did i approve of this episode we're watching hmm well i don't know it's called special
1: edna and here's what happens feels sorry for mrs krabappel after skinner stands her up yet again to attend his mother's whim so lisa suggests that he should nominate her for teacher of the year however skinny skinny Skinner. <laughs> Worries, worries that he could lose her forever if she wins. Sounds yes. like an interesting episode.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> how about we uh, take a break, watch it, and come back, and go uh, about well, Sounds like a plan. No matter games, I'm a change what you call rage. Tear this and roof off like two dogs' cage.
2: I was playing in the beginning, the mood all changed. I've been chewed up and spit out and
1: And we are back. Today we're talking about Special Edna, the seventh episode of the 14th season. It originally aired on January 5th, 2003. It is episode 298 in the show's run. Your nerd code is EABFO2. It was written by Dennis Snee, Directed by Bob Anderson. And your showrunner is
0: Al Jean. All right, so Dennis Snee, this is the only episode he wrote for The Simpsons, but he's a pretty prolific writer. Uh, the third Rock from the Sun, he wrote an episode for that. Mm. Empty Nest episodes in Living Color, Family Matters, Mr. Belvedere, The Late Show, his story for uh, Back to School, the Rodney Dangerfield oh, wow. movie, which um, and then he wrote for Tonight Show. But uh, speaking of Rodney Dangerfield, he was the reason he got into uh being a a comedy writer huh um so as a college student in 1971 Dennis Snee sold a joke to Rodney Dangerfield for a whopping $25. Rodney Dangerfield used his joke it's one of the no respect shtick jokes and he used it on the tonight show with Johnny Carson and uh according to Mr. Snee's daughters it went something like this I get no respect from my doctor he said I need a change of climate and some exercise he told me to run to Arizona so there we go. But unfortunately, Dennis Nee passed away from Parkinson's last year, July 1st, 2019, age 68. So uh, too young, man. Too young. Uh, yeah, a lot of comedy credits there. Yeah, it's uh, nice. It's interesting to have such a career
1: so varied to do like 15 episodes of In Living Color and then some episodes of Mr. Belvedere. So good on you, man. Good job. Uh, so our couch gag. Uh, the Simpsons are dunked into a deep fryer, placed on the couch, and insulted as salty little treats. Mmm. yum, yum. Um, which one would you eat um you gotta go (laughs) i think i'd go with the marge
0: yeah you get more volume right with the hair
1: right but it's not gonna be like uh some like fried like shrimp where it's all batter i think it'd be nice and uh, tight
0: actually no thinking about it her hair you're gonna just like bite into a giant chunk of hair that's gross yeah that's true (laughs) i'm going with homer it's all the fat
1: yeah maybe some naggy baby meat is usually the most tender
0: yeah some baby veal Maggie. Yeah. Well, you know what? Anything deep fried tastes good anyway. So well, I'm sure the hair on Marge's head tastes great. Ah, all right.
1: Well, our episode begins once again at Springfield Elementary, where uh, Mrs. Krabappel is assigning a research paper about the war that had neither Hitler nor Merlin, World War I. Merlin was in
0: Vietnam. Yeah, you idiot. Duh. Hey, Hitler was in World War I as a soldier. That's true.
1: And he did a good job. I mean, <laughs> not a good job, but he fought. All right, we're three minutes in. I'm already defending Hitler.
0: <laughs> Let's keep this up.
1: All right. Uh, Martin, ever the brown noser, offers to type his report, and Mrs. Kravapple asks that the entire class do the same. We then see that Martin has been bloodied and beaten. He then offers that the paper should be 10 pages minimum, and the teacher accepts that offer, resulting in Martin's desk being emptied, save from a pair of underpants floating to the ground.
0: With the children taken care of, Anna heads to Skinner's office to uh, head out on their date, which is uh, some apple picking. Hmm. And the mother-loving principal has some bad news for her.
2: All right, Seymour, I'm ready for our romantic apple picking trip.
3: Yes, uh, about that mother's neck waddle got caught in a zipper. I've had uh, a long night of boo-boo kissing ahead of me, but don't worry, I got you these store-bought apples instead.
0: The apples weren't the point.
3: <laughs> then why were we going apple picking? Oh.
0: More about apples over apple picking. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I've never been
1: apple picking, but I don't know. Seems like fun. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you're right. But I I mean, if it was like a romantic date, it could be fun. There's a great,
0: I recommend, there's a great Conan clip. One of like the top 10 Conan clips. uh, Uh, I know what you're talking about. Just Google Conan apple picking with Mr. T.
1: It's a delight. It's. I, I enjoy like all of Conan's career. That could be one of the best things he's ever done.
0: Well, yeah, I think they even he even kind of alludes to that's one of his favorite things he's ever done. But you know, that was also like the age of like us growing up as teenagers with Conan O'Brien. Yeah. It's kinda of funny, yeah, our our comic sense or our humor really is based off of Conan O'Brien. And like even when we were young, those SNL sketches that you know, like he was a part of S N L, like those the years were our favorite S N L years.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how important he is as a person to our sensibilities because you figure yeah, he had the, the Tonight Show, which was huge for me. SNL, especially at that show. time. Or yeah, The Late Show, Simpsons, and then SNL. Like, all those were, like, huge for me, especially
0: at that time. So, yeah, thanks, Conan. And I still enjoy them to this day. And thank you for inventing podcasts, too. He hadn't started podcasting. We wouldn't have had a podcast, Steve. That's right. And who cares that ours predates him by like six months? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he was back at uh, 742 Evergreen Terrace. Bart sits down to begin his research paper. And after coming up with the great title of WW1, you know, it was good work there. He decides that his hard work deserves to be rewarded with some uh, good old wrestling on TV. That's right. On the television, we see that Uncle
1: Slam has defeated Osama Bin Rotten and is joined by Sex Secretary of Hate Colin Kapow, who is dropping sanctions, by which I mean anvils, on the wrestler depicting the terrorist mastermind.
0: And you know, it's funny. Every uh, day, I do some research to see what happens on what happened in history to do our little Instagram-like connect the Simpsons somehow with an important event in history. Something, and I got to say, you've been doing a great job. Thanks. And there was last week. I believe it was uh, the anniversary of Osama bin Laden's death. Uh And I remember typing, i just type in like Osama bin Laden, the Simpsons. And there was like two references of Osama bin Laden, but I'm like, I didn't understand it. And this was one of them, like, I don't even know what this is. And then it was so (laughs) weird that like, literally this week, we have to watch this episode. Like, oh, that's what it's from.
1: That's funny. There's a lot of uh, little things that are related to us and the time that we're in right now. Yeah, we'll so come it. up soon, but... Yeah.
0: Anyways, uh, let's focus. I'm like Bart, uh, who is uh, feeling that he can't focus at home, so Bart heads to the old Springfield Library to work. And after a minor distraction from a bird, he heads to the World War I section. Before he can get to studying, though, he overhears a library patron who has found himself in quite a quagmire. Uh-oh. Damn it! Why did I pay for
3: 100 Xeroxes when I only wanted one? Well, I guess someone else will use the other 99...
2: Oh prank or study, prank or study. Oh What should I do, Lord? Give me a sign.
0: I love the uh the sexy seductive music there. Um yeah, and you know, it's
1: said that the Lord works in mysterious ways. But in this instance, he's made it very clear by making pants fall down, exposing his little butt. Bart properly gets to work Xeroxing his little
0: ass. We then get to go to the uh, First Church of Springfield, which now welcomes pissed off Catholics. And uh, Reverend Lovejoy invites his parish to open up their prayer books, which reveals some inserted copies of the trouble 10 year olds butt cheeks. Oh, uh-huh. so Bart with two weeks until his report is due, is back in his bedroom,
1: studying up on trenches and uh, doughboys, not the uh, podcast fatties, um, which we're also podcast fatties, but in a different way. (laughs) But it's uh, lured by the sexy callings of algebra, but deciding to no longer be distracted, he pushes forward until Milhouse shows up with his uncle, in a Black Hawk helicopter.
0: Steve, do you know the uh, term doughboy, where that comes from?
1: I assumed it was World War I.
0: Well, so the origins are a little unclear. The word was in wide circulation with a, uh, a century earlier when both Britain and America, albeit with different meanings, but uh, Horatio Nelson's sailors and the Duke of Wellington's soldiers in Spain, for instance, were both familiar with fried flour dumplings called doughboys. Hmm. Uh, the precursor of the modern Doughboy. Independently, in the former colonies, the term had been applied to bankers young apprentices, i.e. Doughboys. But it was a popular nickname for American infantry during World War I. Uh, the nicknames were in use as early as the 1940s, Include the 1942 song, Johnny Doughboy Found a mm-hmm. Rose in Ireland, uh, recorded by Dennis Day, Kenny Baker. Like, Kenny Baker is R2-D2. That is yeah. <laughs> um, and Kay Kaiser, uh, among others, in the 1942 musical film, Johnny Doughboy. When are they going to reboot Johnny Doughboy, Steve?
1: I know. I want to see a amped up musical of Johnny Doughboy.
0: I mean, it's perfect. Just get um, Mike Mitchell and uh, Nick <laughs> Weiger to do it, right?
1: Yeah. And then they can do CGI like cats. Because <laughs> it's a musical and that's how it goes now, right?
0: But um, we'll keep their buttholes in this musical.
1: That's right. Keep the butthole it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they're called Doughboys, but it was replaced in World War II by G.I.s. Here's what I'm proposing, Steve. Does that mean if World War II never happened, instead of G.I. Joes, we'd have Doughboy Joes? I think so. Doughboy Joes. A real American hero. <laughs> so all of that preamble was just to get to that stupid joke that wasn't that funny.
1: Totally worth it. Alright, cool. So, Millhouse warns him that this will probably be the last chance to ride in the Whirlybird, as his uncle will almost certainly be court-martialed for taking the helicopter. Bart is on board.
0: I fucking love that animation scene <laughs> of the helicopter. Mm-hmm just doing the, the whirly bird. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> it's impossible it's un- for a helicopter to do such a thing. <laughs> it's just that little visual yeah. gag. I really enjoyed that a lot. We see the them fly clumsily through the air, hovering over to make-out point, where Bart has a message for the teenager boys.
2: Attention, teenage boys! Take your hands off my daughter! <laughs> now kiss each other! <laughs>
1: I like just... that clip. It's funny that the boys were crying because they had to kiss each other.
0: <laughs> I almost was hoping, like, while they were kissing each other, like, then they just start, like, <laughs> hands down each other's, like, backs. Like, mmm. <laughs> almost thought that was going to happen, but I lost. it did not.
1: So, it's now the 31st, and Bart's paper is due. He's got nothing written down. Luckily, Grandpa's walking by. Maybe he can speak to the experiences in the Great Battle.
2: Grandpa, quick, tell me everything you know about World War One. World War I! I fought, Ned, of course to enlist I had to lie about my age. When to see my picture I
3: drew? Lieutenant Simpson, you've been up for hours. Take a nap. You're no good to us, Cranky.
2: But I'm not tired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is great stuff. I can pad it out to ten pages. Good night, Grandpa. But I'm not tired.
3: Good night, sleepyhead. Do you
0: have to poop? Always. So that clip there, I really enjoyed. Um, at first, like, did you think that was going to like go to a clip of him actually as a younger man himself, you know, like in his like 20s?
1: Yeah, no, I, I love the fact that he was a small boy.
0: <laughs> also, I really enjoyed the enthusiasm when Bart's like, can you tell me about World War One?" It's like the one question that that Grandpa wants to hear is just tell us about the war.
1: Yeah, also I'm doing some research and there is a soldier uh, from Serbia and I'm going to butcher his name, but it's something like Momcilo Gav. Rick, and I am apologize if that's wrong, but he was a soldier in World War I, and he reached the rank of Corporal by age eight,
0: do you think this was a a reference to that? Then it
1: could be because, like, he was in the war for a couple of years and he was <laughs> wounded.
0: He got to Kropel- well, was his uh, duties in the beginning of August
1: 1914. austrian hungry soldiers of the 42nd Croatian Home Guard Infantry maimed and hanged his father, mother, grandmother, his three sisters, and four of his brothers, and his house was set on fire. He wasn't at home when it happened, so he survived because he was staying with his uncle. So left without any family or a home he joined the serbian army and after they heard his story they made him a soldier in the unit and so he yeah basically he said what happened to his family and then they're just like well yeah let's get you some revenge and so they gave the small child some weapons
0: okay this needs to be a movie yeah you know called like admiral baby
1: how did a baby so young get to be the rank of general so quickly
0: <laughs> i always think it's kind of weird that just like based on like history and time like there's another like antidote like steve when do you think the last Civil War veteran, American Civil War veteran, died?
1: Oh, this always throws me off because it's always like way later than I. Because in my head, I'm almost like, even like the 50s is really old.
0: The age or the the 1950s, like. Okay, so yeah, the last Civil War veteran did die August second, 1956.
1: Yeah, that's crazy to me because that means that they were they're were around for
0: Civil War, World War One to korean didn't make it to the star wars but you know or the cola wars or the cola wars but yeah um it's because he t- said he was eight years old so this the guy who died he was still 106 in 1956 when he died that's
1: it's crazy
0: yeah born in 1850 he was uh, actually a, just a drummer boy for oh, the uh, first wow. minnesota heavy artillery regiment in the american civil hmm. war you know for the union but yeah so kind of crazy like that is that a movie i don't know could be little drummer boy a Uh president dwight d eisenhower said the american people have lost the last personal link with the Union Army. His passing brings sorrow to the hearts of all who cherished the memory of the brave men on both sides of the war between the states steve what do you think our current president donald j trump would say about uh henry albert wilson oh, you i think you'd be like i, I, don't, I like soldiers also, who don't die they were good soldiers on both sides
1: <laughs> yeah one side better than the other maybe i'm not saying
0: just fake news fake soldier
1: that lincoln wasn't as tall as everyone says he was
0: we're very factual and researchy on this episode steve i know
1: it's like almost like we like are doing work
0: yeah, well, let's get back to the
1: episode. Um, righty.
0: So it turns out that uh, the combination of Grandpa storytelling and Bart's writing ability resulted in an F grade. The six-page ads probably didn't help, but nice of Mo to appear in his ad.
1: Yeah, I like his uh, "We check." quote-unquote, IDs, (laughs) which is perfect for an elementary school.
0: Man, I wish I would have known uh, to put in ads in my papers in school. That would have have definitely buffered.
1: Yeah, I remember one time in high school I took a uh, sports journalism class, which I was not good at, and I inadvertently left a lot of hyperlinks. in the article that I totally wrote and didn't copy off Wikipedia because I was too lazy to read the five-page paper that I wrote that I didn't actually write.
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned this on a a previous episode.
1: My biggest shame. Yeah. Well, it's not. I have a lot more shame, but it's the biggest shame that I'm willing to talk
0: about. hi, caramba, Steve.
1: Hi, caramba, indeed. Bart has to stay after class to redo his paper. And as he tells his teacher of peace returning to Europe, in walks Principal Skinner with more bad news.
3: Oh, I must have the wrong classroom. I was looking for my Girlfriend, not Pam Dauber. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you ready for a little after-school special? Y- Eyes front, Simpson. <phone rings> Hello, Mother. <sighs> I'll be right there. Now she wants to get out of the tub.
2: You've got to stop putting your mother ahead of me. We have a date.
3: I'll be back in three hours. Maybe less, but almost certainly more.
4: Oh... <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's a wiener, Mrs. K. Just say the word, and his desk is full of boogers.
4: <laughs> That's sweet of you. But if I lost Seymour, who else is there?
0: I love the uh, the, the Skinner line of, uh, now she wants to get out of the tub. <laughs> Did he just leave her in there the
1: whole day? or? <laughs> I think so, yeah. That's a good thought, because the school day is over, so that means that he's been in school for six to eight hours. So <laughs> she should get out of the tub.
0: So maybe Agnes isn't wrinkly at all, just he always leaves her in the tub and she just wrinkles all the time because she's in there for eight hours. Could be. Maybe she has, like, flawless, smooth skin. Yeah. Also, hmm. when's the last time you took a bath?
1: Um, It's been quite a while. Actually, the last time, I remember I lived on a house or on a house, -house, (laughs) in-house, inside. It was much warmer in there. And I just moved in and there was a bathtub and I was excited to live in a house with a bathtub and take a bath because I do enjoy them. Mm -hmm. But um, usually the tub is too small for me. Yeah. And this was like a long time ago, probably 25 years ago. Oh, geez. Yeah. And I had moved in with uh, our mutual friend, Kyle. Oh, yeah. And I went to take a bath and then... With Kyle? Yeah. But his bedroom was below my below the bathroom and it started to rain in his bathroom because i was taking a
0: bath oh geez oh yeah so I remember I did. that house
1: yeah that was the last time I took a bath but i shower regularly
0: that's good it was fun but uh you're right like the older you gets like this is kind of uncomfortable and i can't get all my he-man in here and all mm-hmm. my hot wheels you have to bring so much in with the tub with me you know it's true <laughs> and the semen is close to the top sorry <laughs>
1: Art imagines all the available Bachelors in Springfield, including...
0: We got Barney Gumble, Sea Captain McAllister. Uh, Monty Burns. Waylon Smithers. Snake Jailbird. Gil Gutterson. Grandpa Simpson. Kirk Van Houten. Mailhouse Van Houten. Squeaky Boy's Teen. King, War Kodos. Surly the Duff Bottle. Moses Lack. Hans Mulman, Comic Book Guy. Jeff Albertson, Steve. That's right. Uh, Kearney. Simpsons writer George Meyer. Good save. Otto Mann. And... and Mr. Teeny. I love the uh, George Meyer. The uh, <laughs> they've used it a couple times. His his clip with the uh, the beard and the hat.
1: Yeah, he looks like a fish fan.
0: Also a fisherman fan. It's true. It's like a fishing hat. All right. Well, um, so after realizing that there are a lot of low cards in the hand. Bart asks his teacher out, Mrs. K accepts the pity date, and they head to the Springfield IMAX theater where they're playing a non-pornographic nature's biggest holes.
1: Rainier Wolf Castle narrates the nature documentary. I remember when they talked up about IMAX films and how amazing they were, but the most of the time when I saw them, I'd only seen nature documentaries, and the first one I saw was about beavers.
0: Not the uh, pornographic kind, right? <laughs> exactly.
1: And I was like, yeah, this is cool, but it's about beavers. <laughs> Is <laughs> just like a lot of like really cool shots of eye level to the water in dams. And it's like, okay, this is interesting.
0: Did you feel immersed and like you were going to, like you were there, you're going to drown in the water or?
1: A little bit. Yeah. Which I guess was cool.
0: So the only IMAX experience i went to Mm -hmm. was with you oh yeah it was superman returns i remember that and i think every night showing wasn't it yeah and i think we all fell asleep
1: that sounds about right yeah
0: that's how boring superman returns was i was so excited to see that movie i mean it's got kevin spacey in it you do know that he's been replaced since then. that's right uh... we talked
1: about this christopher Plummer as lex luther
0: this is an ongoing bit i think apparently right yes All right, well, so we're in here Wolf Castle narrates this nature documentary where we learn that holes tell us where we came from and where we're going. Hmm. This also reminded me a little bit of the uh, Cosmos with Carl Sagan and much more with Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson, which I'm a huge fan of. If you want to watch smart things, definitely give Cosmos... a a look at the new one with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Anyway, so uh, we see a a, a dog giving birth to a hole to blow holes of nature's most filmed creature, the dolphin. Holes are certainly all around us, Steve. That's true. You're one of the biggest a-holes I know.
1: Oh, jeez. I really fell into that hole.
0: (laughs) Hey, was this also the time when that movie Holes came out with Shia LaBeouf and Sigourney Weaver?
1: I did not know Sigourney Weaver was in that, but yes, I do believe. Wasn't she in it? I think you're right. Holes. Yes, 2003.
0: Oh, yeah. When this episode come out? 2003. I think. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Uh, Patricia, Patricia Arquette, Angelina Yeah. The actor. And I got his LeBaron.
1: Speaking of assholes, he is no good. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, not a political podcast, but he's real keen on Trump. But anyway, the film has gotten Edna's mind off of stupid jerks and their mothers. So Mrs. Krabappel takes out a locket with her... And Skinner's photo, as well as Agnes's, which is a fun
0: visual. The next day, Lisa's razzing her brother for taking his teacher out. Bart says he's never seen Mrs. K so sad. And Homer describes what brought him joy. But Lisa has some little advice for him.
3: You know what made me feel better about myself? That award I got for World's Greatest Dad.
2: Dad, you bought that because it was full of gummy worms. And you only wanted those as bait to catch gummy fish.
1: Which I did. Mmm trophy.
2: Hey Bart, you could nominate Mrs. Krabappel for an actual award, the teacher of the year. Then she'll feel appreciated. They have an award for teaching? Hey, they have Latin Grammys.
0: This is the two instances I think that comes up with marge taking shots at something, but then has like a smile mm-hmm. at the end of like, look, I made a joke.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they talk shit about the Grammys all the time, but why are you got to throw shade at the Latin Grammys, Marge? I'm sure that they have a rich music culture. Right. Shakira. Enrique Inglalius. Ricky Martin. And the rest, El Profesor y Marianne. Because they're Latin. Yes. Um, we then cut to Teacher of the Year Foundation before passing the graffitied, dilapidated, flaming substitute Teacher of the Year Foundation, where a panel is doing the most difficult one-day-of-the-year job in the world, selecting candidates for Teacher of the Year.
0: The Assembly of Educators review the next tape, and we see a familiar face. Uh-hoo. Uh-hoo.
1: I use humor to rich my students.
3: Ah. Oof. Dead Poet Society has destroyed a generation of educators. <laughs>
2: And so, President Kennedy says to Khrushchev, Well enough, John. Reach for a pilgrim. And the missiles are like, Oh, praise Jesus! Can I hear an amen? Hey, Macarena! (laughs) Next! I'd like to nominate my teacher, Mrs. Krabappel. She may not be glamorous or entertaining. She's just a real teacher who comes in every day, no matter what. And she never gave up on me, Bart Simpson. (gasps) The Bart Simpson?
1: I thought he was just an urban legend.
2: If she's danced with the devil in the blue shorts and lived, we have ourselves a nominee.
1: So, one, it's weird that the kids laughing all sound like Milhouse. But also, it's weird that when uh, not Robin Williams is doing his little thing about the Cuban Missile Crisis, he's grabbing his dick. And it's so,
0: weird. I... I never saw Dead Poet Society, Steve. But I'm wondering uh-huh. if that was like a thing that he was doing in the movie. Hmm. Um, But I also think it's kind of funny because it's Dan doing Robin Williams, but he's really doing his genie voice from the animated Aladdin show. Yeah, which is funny. And I think we might have mentioned that before in like previous episodes, but I feel like I've missed out. I don't know if I missed out's the right word, but ha- haven't really watched classics that I should have like cause isn't that poet society considered a classic and like I also feel like they show that in school. Yeah. Um my dad really liked the movie, which
1: is weird because it was made in the '90s. And well, he also like on the talkies.
0: Like to grab his dick, so maybe
1: that's fair. Yeah, there's an SNL sketch from I want to say like three or four years ago where they do a parody of it, and it's funny. I don't remember the name of it, but basically the joke is everybody's head gets chopped off. And like, I remember was that was fan. funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, All
0: right. Well, anyways, back to the episode, Steve. Uh, we got a depressed Edna crabapple, and uh, she heads to her classroom, hoping a student has put a uh, tack on her chair. she can feel something anything but as she walks through the door she is greeted by cheers and balloons as she has been nominated for teacher of the year this
1: brings her to tears and as nelson goes to mock her he himself has been nominated for bully of the year brings us to the classroom tough
0: at the press briefing outside of the school kerbopel is in shock thinking she could never recover from the controversy of showing the r-rated version of romeo and juliet (sighs) were you shown the r-rated version of romeo and juliet
1: I was not. I was shown the probably PG-13 version with uh, Claire Danes and Leo DiCaprio.
0: So the Romeo and Juliet, I was shown both. Oh. And I think we had to like have a waiver signed. There was boobs in it. Uh, Juliet's, not Romeo's. (laughs) Yeah. Olivia Hussey was only 16 when she filmed that. So technically, isn't that... uh...
1: Yeah, I was going to say though, one bit of trivia I know about that is she wasn't allowed to go to the premiere because of the it being rated R she wasn't able to see them I mean she was in real life but not to the movie oh that's funny yeah so like she was banned from the premiere because she was underage for her own nudity
0: and it's like literally a brief scene of like her just like moving yeah it's not it's not in a sexual context while well, they're in bed together but it's but post, yeah post-coitus the most unsexy part of sex yeah when you have that weird l-shaped sheet it's always funny like in like almost every movie or mm-hmm. TV show when a couple has sex and it's the, the overhead shot of them discussing whatever and the man sheets are always below his his chest so his exposed chest is showed and right. the woman always has the sheet over her breast
1: yeah and it bothers me too because I don't know that many people who sleep in the nude
0: oh well you know
1: one <laughs> oh, right gross but like especially with like sleeping with like that's usually when you're sleeping with like a stranger or somebody new in your life yeah and it's like to sleep completely
0: naked i don't know to be fair to be fair i I don't actually sleep in the nude i only sleep with a turtleneck a turtleneck and knee-high socks oh yeah
1: i mean you got to be you know have some shame so that's fair
0: and and a spider-man mask oh
1: well yeah you never know when dr doom comes a calling
0: and superman's cape
1: and you know Sometimes Lex Luthor might come, or Kevin Spacey.
0: And Batman's utility belt. But other than that, I sleep naked. I believe you to have all those things. <laughs> Steve, is your shirt this week going to be me <laughs> all that <laughs> without pants?
1: Yeah. Though I might <laughs> change the turtleneck to like have a big A on it so you're covering...
0: <laughs> to. Back to the uh, Simpsons, Steve. So she's asked by reporter Cletus of the outhouse times Picayune, um if there's any persons, critters, or spells to which she attributes her accolade. And uh, Anna has one person to thank. Someone whom she had ups and downs, but couldn't imagine life without him. And we uh, see Skinner alone. This is going to be him walking up, but uh, that's right. Nope. It's Bart Simpson.
1: I love the way that... Uh, Skinner just smiles and just walks down the stairs. It's, it's like when Mo is like walking the uh, bachelor auction.
0: Yeah, it's a Great Simpsons uh, a joke where just keep smiling, keep walking, and make sure no one notices. It's a situation <laughs> I think we've all kind of been in, right?
1: Oh, yeah. It's kind of like when somebody like in the in the distance like waves and you think, oh, they're waving at me so you wave back and then somebody behind you waves and you're just like, oh, I'm going to put my hand down now.
0: Worst feeling ever.
1: I agree. So Bart has drawn a picture of his educator with steep lines that represent dedication, caring, and for letting him to drink coffee in class, which is something that I think that all fourth graders should do, drink coffee in class.
0: Were you the only fourth grader drinking coffee in class?
1: I was and I got sent home because of it one time. That's weird. Yeah, they thought that my parents were neglectful.
0: And so when they went To your house, the younger baby had a uh, sign-on on on her uh, little dress that said, I'm a stupid baby. That's right. And then you had to go live next door neighbors. Mm -hmm. Stupid, sexy flanders. Uh, Anyway, so Edna is then uh, asked if she'll leave her loved ones if she wins the learning derby. This concerns Seymour, so he decides to pee on the fire, metaphorically speaking. Oh, good. Uh, As he begins to give the dictionary definition of Mrs. Krabappel, Seymour gets his page... From his mother that reads, Preach too loud! He ends the press conference abruptly, once again disappointing the second woman in his life.
1: But, in good news, because Bart nominated Miss Kay to be a Teacher of the Year, the Simpsons are going to Orlando. Orlando? Uh, are we going to SeaWorld?
2: No. Disney World? Uh-uh. Universal Studios? Right not. Leisure World? Sorry, Grandpa. Gator Coach? You wish. Leisure World? Grandpa, you're not even going.
1: Wait a minute. I know where we're going
2: oh it's horrible
1: that's right they're going to where you go when everything else is booked the epcot center it's even boring to fly over
0: so it's obviously a parody of epcot center right steve
1: i do believe yes
0: i always thought epcot center was like part of disney world i've never been to both either so
1: me neither and i think you're right um I think that I don't know why they decided to differentiate it just just so they could have a place that wasn't Disney World that they could go to.
0: And it's also weird that they rename it in a parody with Epcot Center, and they don't keep Epcot Center. Do you think there was some sort of legal leads that they couldn't get around by actually putting Epcot Center down?
1: I don't know because I feel like they referenced it another time.
0: Yeah. So I just think it was. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't really. It was kind of a boring joke. It was, yeah. I think at this point, too, this is season 14, and even where, like, the whole, like, the Simpsons are going to this joke at the time of it became just kind of like, eh, this trope is getting kind of yeah boring. But anyway, so uh, Edna is excited to meet her peers, and Lisa is inter- interested in the future sphere where people in 1965 imagine what life would be like in 1987, the year the Simpsons were oh. birthed into
3: life. Eastern Airlines presents The World of Tomorrow. Don't walk, fly in your personal Eastern Airlines air buggy. And say goodbye to the cola wars. The victor, Eastern Airlines Cola. And we're not stopping there. Because at Eastern Airlines, world conquest is part of our master plan. Now enjoy the soothing music of the Turtles.
0: Some corn cool here, don't you think? I think I've looked it up before, but I don't know if worlds fairs really exist anymore. Well, they're probably yeah. exist now, but it's so funny because I've I've never been to, but I always like get this scene, this this one scene of like just reminds me of something. I couldn't pl- put my finger on it. Then I realized it was a. Uh... did you ever see Batman Mask of the Phantasm? Oh yeah. There's like the like the Joker's lair is like in this kind of like future world. And it's weird because I thought of that, but I've also been doing the I've my new marathon quarantining uh, for this week and weekend has been the Marvel movie. So I'm going back to that. Uh-huh. I just watched uh, Iron Man two, which there was a big like a uh, world's fair thing in that, which uh, you still haven't gone back to watch those Marvel movies. yet Have you
1: not yet, but I will eventually.
0: I should have made you watch these during my quarantine. I'll
1: we'll do it tomorrow or you the next say. day. I've got all the time in the
0: world. <laughs> Iron Man one still totally holds up. I remember liking it. Yeah. So the first, couple of movies like iron man 2 and and then the incredible Hulk kind of get like a lot of flack of like not being as good as like the movies that come later but they kind of do set up some fun ground work that uh that uh continues on throughout the series so uh i kind of enjoyed the Hulk and uh, not the Angley Hulk but the incredible mm-hmm. Hulk. Iron Man too. I enjoyed them.
1: Alrighty. I will check them out eventually. I promise. Better. That's I all do I like the uh, robots whipping the humans. So uh, meanwhile, Bart and Homer check out the electric car of the future as sponsored by Gasoline Producers of America. They ride a weak, sputtering, whiny vehicle.
2: Hello. I'm an electric car. I can't go very fast or very far. And if you drive me, people will Think you're gay? One of us. One of us.
0: All uh, right, we said it before on podcasts past when maybe this episode aired and we saw that joke—the old uh, gay joke of
4: uh, "Yeah,
0: I bet we laughed out loud when this episode aired." Steve, probably, but now it's pretty, pretty bad. Also, the voice of the electric car apparently is um, Truman Capote.
1: More like Truman Carpote.
0: Do we give it a pass? I mean, yeah, I think so. Electric cars have come a long way. We'll put it this way, too. This is supposed to be 1965. So the mentality of like being gay would be like a stigma, you know.
1: It's true. And this is coming from the auto or the gasoline
0: company. Right, right. Which they would say some of the way. So I think like this joke actually does work. So yeah. And I love the uh the the stereotypical gay robots,
1: mm-hmm. like CP30.
0: But CP30 was wasn't born in '65, so That's they were doing this joke again. <laughs> <laughs> what, was that, what, what was that episode too? The Simpsons do the gay robots versus the from Star Wars versus the gay robots from Battlestar Galactica. Or... That's right.
1: And they're just a couple of Cylon. I mean, they could have been. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, back at Springfield, uh, Skinner reads a newspaper article asking if Edna Krabappel will leave her old life behind if she wins Teacher of the Year. And also, an article about Comic Book Guy trying to enjoy a nut, entitled Pistachio Stamies Fatso.
0: Seymour seeks the advice of good old groundskeeper Willie, really, who sent many a Vermont Tidy Bear, Ooh. and uh, knows his way around the female mind. Do you remember Vermont Tidy Bear? I do. It sounds like you um, have more to say about Vermont.
1: Um, So... Back in the early days of podcasting, and probably even even further back to like NPR shows, um, advertising was not great. But the internet kind of helped a lot of companies that wouldn't get a lot of uh, say uh, keep sponsorship for things that weren't so popular so early podcasts and uh even npr would have ads for sponsors that seemed a little off and a couple that stick in my mind were edible arrangements sherry's berries which would mail you berries uh adam and eve which is sex toys and Vermont teddy bears, which would send you a teddy bear of the month or just a teddy bear. It's like the worst gift that you could give and think that you're doing a really good job. It's like I bought you a teddy bear from a teddy bear company, and it would probably have like maybe like a golf club or a tennis racket because the person that you're giving it to vaguely likes those things.
0: Yeah, and I remember because you talk about how it was on podcasts, but I always remember from Howard Stern totally. And Howard St- and all those like sherry's berries and um uh, uh adam and eve all that stuff like howard Stern used to advertise just as podcasters would advertise to even though he was like on Sirius. like they still had the yeah. same essential things so i remember vermont teddy bear because it'd be like every father's day or mother's day come around give your well i don't know about father's day but but if it was it was like the golf one like give right. your father the golf one and, and i always felt like i don't know if it was true because i was saying like i think every like christmas they might have had like a special christmas teddy bear and uh-huh. yeah teddy bear but i remember like there's still in existence i had to look it up too like after like watching this episode with instead of vermont teddy bear, like oh shit i remember vermont teddy bear but yeah, yeah it was a weird blast from the
1: past for me too
0: sherry's berries i think is still around maybe
1: yeah every now and then like uh, i know like on comedy bang bang they would do sherry's berries
0: i used to listen to the old the old smodcast days with kevin smith and um scott mosier their mm-hmm. advertisers were a uh, fleshlight can we get the flashlight money steve
1: <laughs> i mean Probably. It's probably doing really well right now.
0: Unlike some podcasters they say they can't be bought. <laughs> here, the Annoyed Grunt Boys can be bought. Yes. Advertisers just come to us. We'll hawk whatever. Doesn't matter. You got knockoff N95 masks? We'll try to sell them for you.
1: Sure. If you got uh, maybe a cure, that's questionable. Hey, Clorox, drink up. We'll tell everyone to. Hey, Tide Pods, you had your moment. Bring it back. Everything we said was parody. That's right. Oh, wow. They have a 15-inch Joe Biden bear.
0: Does that bear also touch your niece? I think so. It comes with a pair of, like, sunglasses. Is Joe Biden known for sunglasses? I guess so. Have you seen the commercial with the chess set with, like, Democrats versus Republicans? No. <laughs> and there's, like, on the Democrat side, I think, like, is yet to be named. Sorry, they have the uh, the Republican side, which is, like, the king is Trump, and I think Pence is the queen, which makes sense. Huh. <laughs> And I think now, like when they're they're selling it on TV, like because you know, a, a few podcasts ago I said like I watched, like me TV and all those like right movies. like they advertise this <laughs> test set and oh
1: yeah Barack Obama is a rook right so, and then the king Joe Biden's also
0: but but the king and queen I think will be the 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 VP and and presidential nominee for two thousand twenty right and it's to be determined so you could order now. Huh. Or for four easy installments of nineteen ninety-nine a month, I think, with free shipping and handling. But wait, there's more. If you, <laughs> if you order now, you'll get two sets, I guess, for the same price. I... I almost was gonna buy that for you, <laughs> just to have like it shows up on your doorstep.
1: <laughs> well, it's now only forty dollars plus nine ninety-nine shipping and handling, hey, which is half as much as the Joe Biden bear, which is ninety dollars.
0: <sighs> the groundskeeper reminds his branch eating. Poppin' J boss that uh, his woman is in Orlando, where you can't take two steps without falling into a tunnel of love.
1: That's right. So Skinner decides to go after his love, and Willie offers his wheels a sporty yellow number that requires Tecron Gas as support. And uh, judging by the music is an homage to James Bond.
0: I mean, the only thing I can think of real quick is um, in For Your Eyes Only, his okay. Bond uh, car, get, his Lotus Gets Exploded and mm-hmm. he has to use uh i forget her name but the bond girl he has to use her car and it's literally looks like that little crappy car so, okay there we go because they do that like, like the, the the bond version the simpsons bond version theme yeah right so and uh, they have the
1: communicator on the dashboard where willie tells uh skinner that it needs tecron gas.
0: oh i don't remember that from the bond movie but all right well there we go yeah so back at the center of america's wang Edna, Marge, and Lisa are dining at Al Fresco, and Marge is impressed by all of the international fare being offered, such as La Pizza, their hamburger, Senor Grilled Cheese. I hope she doesn't uh, actually order an elephant. Ugh. Does she do a little smile after that?
1: I think she does. <laughs> yeah.
0: So there would be like three instances of like her like making uh, her making like little like quips of like she's vying to be honey. the MBJ. Yeah. Uh, So Bart and Homer show up all sticky from uh, the uh, honey I squirted the goo on the audience attraction nearby.
1: As night falls, Homer and Marge enjoy a fireworks show and decide to make some fireworks of their own. And as always, Marge gets to tamp the powder.
0: I like that scene. (laughs) Yeah, me too. It's it's silly, but literally Homer has all the ingredients to make
1: fireworks. (laughs) Edna witnesses the Simpsons loving their uh, pyrotechnology and she wishes that she had someone to show it with as well. We then see that Skinner has shown up and taken a personal day to be with Edna. But as a couple share a kiss, their beef joy is interrupted.
2: Seymour! Bring me some ice! My fanny is baboon red after that car ride!
1: Ow!
3: Mother! We were sharing an open mouth kiss! You brought your mother? <laughs> well, technically, since she's paying for the room, she brought me.
2: I am tired of sharing you with your mother!
3: This woman carried me for nine and a half months. I was... Out for two weeks then went back in.
1: Hey Skinner! Do you and Edna want to join Marge and me at great moments with Mr. Eisner?
3: I believe the only venue for me is the ride of broken dreams.
1: Oh you mean the Enron ride. Let's go.
4: We're all gonna be rich!
2: Ah! Ah! We broke even ah!
0: Attire. remember when uh enron jokes were the big thing yeah remember like uh the liberals were like oh man we we got these republicans yeah take
1: that enron that's the <laughs> worst thing that could ever happen
0: It totally was.
1: I like the, that's good satire. It reminds me of Eugene Levy doing Johnny Carson.
0: Yeah. And, uh, uh, waiting for government.
1: And it could be just because I watched waiting for government last week, but so good.
0: Is it, did you go on a, uh, I think I have to watch like the first like season of Shit's Creek. I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm going to take a break and. I just watched Waiting for Guffman because I just wanted to watch Catherine and and Eugene and then just like watch all the Christopher Guest movies.
1: Yeah, we're doing kind of a weird back and forth marathon of Christopher Guest and Wes Anderson for no apparent reason other than they are two filmmakers that I really like. I think like the quirkiness there. Yeah. Yeah, it really speaks to me. So we watched one night Waiting for Guffman, the next night Royal Tenenbaums. And so probably we'll do Bested Show and then maybe Rushmore.
0: I think Royal Tenenbaums is my favorite of the West's yeah i think I haven't that i a agree while though hey have has anyone checked up on gene hackman lately is he doing okay during this i don't know he's retired from acting because yeah. you know, welcome to mooseport was his last great film that's true and uh i'm just hoping he's doing all right i think yeah. there's a few retired actors out there they're still alive uh is sean connery okay is jack nicholson okay let's check yeah. up on them all right they're not social media people
1: yeah I, I worry about gene hackman i'm I'm looking at him now,
0: and he seems to be doing. Is he sitting across from you? Yeah. Hey, uh, Dave. Gene, Gene, can 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 you talk to us real quick? Oh, he doesn't want to get on mic because you're shy. <laughs> okay. Um. How how does he feel about Kevin Spacey's performance as Lex like Luthor in Superman Returns? Uh, you know, he said that he he
1: said it was pretty good. That you know he he, he liked his performance better, obviously. But right. Well, just just tell him I love him, in Hoosiers. He he appreciates that, and he he tells you to rent. Welcome to the sport.
0: That's what he's most proud of. Uh, it's weird because isn't uh. Ray Romano, also in the room with you, who's also the star of Welcome to sport. Yeah, watch my movie. My uh, brother's tall. Oh. Hey, Ray, I can't wait till uh, the 103 Simpsons podcast reviews the episode that you were on on the Simpsons. It has a funny joke about shingles. <laughs> I sure hope you don't get them. Yeah, don't come down with a case of them. <laughs> yeah, I remember that joke now. All right, well, so uh, back to the uh, actual Simpsons episode we watched. As the writers roll into the poorhouse... We the viewer roll into the third act. Wow, third act, jeez. Where Skinner is sleeping in the bed of tomorrow and is awakened by a robot mother warning her robot child of missing the last rocket to the moon. After the breakup, Skinner has been sleeping around the park, which has provided education and mild thrills, not unlike Edna herself. So Steve, I'm wondering about like the, the future thing mm-hmm. and like the robot child or the robot mother. Does that mean all the humans are eradicated or are they supposed to be human? Well, they
1: look like robots, so I think the humans are gone. But it's also weird that there'd be parents. Because <laughs> robots, they be fucking. Do
0: you remember, though, like uh, in Futurama, like the baby bender, though? Oh, yeah. It was really cute. So adorable. Let's hmm. do a Futurama podcast, Steve. Yes. Because there actually is an ending. <laughs>
1: There's several, actually.
0: <laughs> yes, true.
1: Hmm. Robot sex. Let's think about it. I thought you were about to Google it. That's already bookmarked. We then go to Edna, who is with the other nominees, preparing for the show. After the mandatory urine test, we learn that the winner will receive enough money that they'll never have to teach again, which means Skinner may never see Edna again. He needs to stop her from winning. Then she'll be broken, miserable, and all his.
0: That's a way to go to keep a lady, Steve. That's right. Make her sad. Yeah. So uh, Skinner heads to the arcade where Bart is playing Halloween Hit and Run. A fun game that seems to be running over trick or treaters. Yay. So Skinner needs Bart to sabotage. I say sabotage because that's how William Shatner says sabotage. Mm-hmm.
3: I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage.
0: Listen all y'all, it's sabotage. Yeah. So <laughs> Skinner needs Bart to sabotage Edna's choice chances of winning. Though Bart is reluctant to hurt his teacher, Seymour points out that Bart has been known as a teacher's pet around Springfield Elementary by showing that little picture. So he uh, agrees because he likes Seymour. Bart even offers to do it pro boner. do
1: you mean pro bono?
0: You heard what I said.
1: All righty. So Skinner feels guilty about what he's about to do. It's even worse than he took the officer's cupcake in Vietnam.
0: I think that was great. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've had many Skinner flashbacks of Vietnam and it's always tragedy, but this one was comedy.
1: You got to eat a neat little cupcake. I'll yeah. give you a parade of <laughs>
0: So the ceremony is about to begin. And though uh, tickets are very available, there are so many categories like uh, gym teacher of the year, substitute teacher of the year, most wheelchair accessible school award. Yes.
1: Who will take home the rampy? Says Homer. And as the show goes on, we see that the, there is a special MC to provide the last award. Why, it's Little Richard. R.I.P. Mm-hmm.
2: I love teachers. In fact, I'm a teacher. I taught Paul McCartney to go, whoa. Purple rain! Shut up!
1: <laughs> Michael Jackson just told me to shut up.
2: We're down to our last three teachers, folks. And the winner will be decided by one final question. Asked by the students who nominated them. <clears throat>
3: I feel terrible. But this is the only way I can win Edna without upsetting Mother.
2: He has the tiny hands of a chimp. And now, Bart Simpson will ask a question to his teacher. What? what Whoa. Hurry up, son. I'm sorry. I can't read. Mrs. Krabappel never taught me to read. <gasps> is
0: this true, Edna?
3: <sighs> oh, God, I've created a Frankenstein.
0: Loved a couple things in that clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards the end there, I think it's the Nancy Cartwright acting, mm-hmm. acting dumb.
1: Yeah. I also like just looking at her son's hands. I mean, like,
0: he's got the hands of a chimp. Yeah. Who is she looking at? President Trump's hands. Oh, that orange buffoon. That's fired, Steve. <laughs> But not
1: in the literal sense. That's right. We don't want to kill anybody.
0: No. So weird, right? Little Richard? Yeah. So the episode that was last week, when we say we're going to watch this episode, we didn't know about Little Richard. So like, when you're hearing it, it's like, hey, this is going to be like a week later after his death. Yeah. But do we Please. say that uh, the 130 Simpsons podcast did it? Maybe. Maybe. Do we have a weird curse? <laughs> a curse for crappy podcasting? Sure. Well, okay, so it's weird. So I remember talking about earlier in this episode when I was looking up something for Osama Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. And that then came up. I almost was going to post the day that he died. I was like, nah, I'm just going to post that Richard. I think little Richard might have been on The Simpsons. I don't remember. So I just type in little Richard Simpsons. <laughs> and that shows up. So it's kind of weird that like two things from this episode, like within like a few days from each other, like occurred. But that's not really
1: yeah it's it's interesting because we do truly do this at random and so when it does kind of fit into like either an episode that we were just watched or with events going on in the world it's it's really interesting
0: yeah we're not like mark maron who after like a celebrity he's interviewed dies he goes and reposts that interview he did with them that's right from four years ago
1: yeah we're not talking to somebody who just died
0: by this time uh our jerry stiller interview
1: oh yeah
0: <laughs> anyway so uh, skinner stands up and announces that bart is not illiterate and Marge is quick to point out that he's a good hes good around the potty, too. Seymour hops on stage and admits that he was behind the charade.
1: Oh, he declares his love for Edna, and that if she can teach him to love, she can teach anything. Lamb of God Agnes is quick to say that her son's feelings are ugly and wrong, but Armin Tanzarian is his own man now.
0: I love it. that line. Your feelings are ugly and wrong. That's great. Yeah. Um, so he gets down on one knee and proposes to Edna. Unfortunately, uh, a two months of uh, principal salary can only buy a ring box. But luckily, little Richard has plenty to share.
1: That's right. Edna agrees, and Agnes is worried about the three of them sharing a bed. But because the award show is running long, they decide to announce the winner of the Teacher of the Year to Julio Estudante. An inner city math teacher who is uh, taught teenage gang members that differential equations are more powerful than bullets. Um, Which is also interesting because I think that Julio is kind of a take off of that movie that Edward James almost was in, Stand and Deliver. Stand and Deliver, yep. Which we talked about last week. So, right. also weird.
0: That's a good movie, actually, Stand and Deliver. It's kind of like the
1: first of the genre of teacher teaching.
0: Right. You have, like, that came out, and then I think they were, like, uh, the studios were, like, okay, that movie uh, was good. Let's do Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman. And then someone's like, wait, let's make this badass, and let's get Tom Be- Bergeron, Tom Bergeron. No, Tom Bergeron. <laughs> Tom Bergeron. Yeah. yeah.
1: Although, I would love to see The Substitute with Tom Bergeron.
0: So, Tom Bergeron with The Substitute. And you know what? I love all these teacher movies. Like, I love Dangerous Minds. Mm-hmm. And I love like the substitute movies. I think after Tom Berenger left, um, wasn't it like, a, who was it that replaced him?
1: The substitute for the substitute. Yeah,
0: the substitute for substitute. I forget who it was, but like it equally like a great uh, character actor. with a cool name? I forget his name. Um, see, so he's looking it up right now, I imagine. Yep. I think there needs to be more of uh
1: Substitute 2, schools out. <laughs> Carl Thomasson. Oh, Treat Williams. Treat Williams. Yes, Treat yeah.
0: Williams. Love that name. Um. <laughs> I think the substitute needs a reboot. That's a uh, franchise. Yeah, that that's a Let's franchise. That
1: so there was a third one with Creep Williams called "Winner Takes All" and Substitute Four.
0: You know, I don't think they actually in this day of. Uh, with mass school shootings i don't think this this kind of franchise could come back steve no
1: um but treat williams is back to uncover a white supremacist group at a southern military academy in the substitute for
0: failure is not an option that movie sounds fucking awesome yep i just want to see white supremacist groups being taken out by (laughs) treat williams although oddly i feel like treat williams might be like a trump supporter
1: Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me in the least bit if he was kind of like with John Voight <laughs> yeah. talking about how God's will made Donald Trump president. Not a political podcast. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Steve, let's, let's do a reboot of The Substitute. Okay. All right, well, let's just finish up this episode. All right.
1: So Edna didn't win Teacher of the Year, but she isn't going empty-handed. The Happy Couple, check out The Bed of Tomorrow today.
0: And it is a happy ending for them. And as for The Simpsons, uh, as Homer jumps the fence to Disney World, where he is going to pay $14 for one churro, which is probably pretty cheap nowadays. That's true. um, uh, That's our churro.
1: Is there anything else you want to add? No, we're good. Okay. Well, Craig, that's an episode. Um, Maybe we should take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about it. That's a good idea. All righty. We'll be
3: right back. And that's that. Another story in the classic infallible three-act structure. Good enough for Aristotle. Good enough for The Simpsons. (laughs)
1: Alrighty, Craig, we're back. Let's uh, talk about some reviews, maybe. We can give our own reviews, some trivia, some visual things for a t-shirt, maybe a tattoo. And we'll uh, wrap up this episode. What do you say?
0: All right, let's start with some trivia. All righty. One of the uh, tapes that is shown for the Teacher of the Year is uh, reference to John Keaton, Robin Williams' character in the film Dead Poets Society, which uh, we've talked about before. We haven't seen. And it's also negatively you know, mentioned by one of the board members.
1: Homer first mistakes little Richard for Prince when he asks him to play purple rain. And then for Michael Jackson, when he tells him to shut up and then, you know, in Stark raving dad, he met Michael Jackson or a mental patient claiming to be him.
0: And then I think uh, we, I forgot to mention in the episode two, when principal Skinner doesn't he refer to little Richard as um, reverend. So there's like three instances where like little Richard is mistaken.
1: Or a black performer.
0: Right. I know Little Richard was actually, like, really religious. He left music in, like, 57, but he he came back, of course. But he was trying to pray the gay away in him, essentially. Yeah. Steve, did you know Little Richard was actually homosexual? What? Yeah. I find that hard to believe. See, that you're pretty hard. That's true. Uh, He had kind of, like, a rough child life, too, Little Richard. Mm -hmm. If he would have, like, been now, like, he would like bruno mars
1: oh yeah he would have been huge and you know like a lot of you know punk rock people can consider him like to be the first punk rocker just because like maybe not musically but the way that he approached things in his own way yeah and, you know he really shaped music
0: even the uh, little richard says too in the episode that uh i taught paul McCartney to go woo and that's yeah. a true thing. Like Paul McCartney and, and uh, John Lennon, the Beatles were huge. Little Richard's is one of the huge influences of the Beatles and like the modern rock. And, you know, I think uh, th- there's, there's a handful of them and uh, he's definitely, little Richard is definitely one of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Enough of minuscule penis.
1: I'll just leave then. Oh, you meant little Richard. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the days, on, uh, days of the week on Bart's calendar match up with that of January 2003. And this is the first episode to air in 2003. That's something.
0: Did you know that uh, Greta Wolfcastle makes a cameo in this episode? That's Rainier Wolfcastle's daughter. Oh, didn't know that. Steve, I got some uh, boners.
1: Uh-oh, you pull those boners.
0: And we talked about it before, but the Simpsons visit Epcot, which of course is a parody of Epcot. But in the kill, the episode "Killing the Alligator Run," which we have reviewed, the Simpsons were banned from setting foot in Florida. The band may have been forgotten.
1: Well, I've got a boner of my own. The song Happy Together by the Turtles, which plays in Eastern Airlines World of Tomorrow presentation from 1965, was actually released in 1967. But maybe the song came to the ride later on.
0: Sure. Hope someone got fired for that blunder.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's probably Wizards. So the references to Epcot Center being different from Walt Disney World is confusing since Epcot is indeed one of the four theme parks in Orlando that makes up the Walt Disney Resort. So, yeah, it is confusing.
0: Yeah, and Homer's reference to Disney World and the location to which he escapes at the end is most likely a reference to the Magic Kingdom Park. It Also, it could be um, an indication that Epcot is a distinct entity from Walt Disney World's Epcot. So maybe that's what's going on.
1: Yeah, probably. It is kind of interesting, though, that I spent all this time in a world of Disney, and now they are in the world of Disney.
0: What? Some of
1: the other attractions, Honey, I Squirted Goo on the Audience, which is a parody of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which I remember. Somebody sneezes and you feel it like there's a mist of something. It's like
0: 4D movies now.
1: Exactly. Great moments with Mr. Eisner is a parody of Disneyland's Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln.
0: We got the Future Sphere, which is a parody of uh, Epcot's spaceship Earth and Magic Kingdom's If You Had Wings.
1: And the House of Tomorrow, a parody of Disneyland's Monsanto House of the Future.
0: The World of Tomorrow attraction, which has some basis in the former Magic Kingdom attraction If You Had Wings, which is also sponsored by Eastern Airlines.
1: Huh. And um, the Electric Car of the Future, a parody of World of Motion, which was sponsored by General Motors. Its replacement test track was still sponsored by General Motors until... December 6th, 2012, when it is now sponsored by Chevrolet. Hmm.
0: So when Homer and Bart are riding the electric car, the gay robots say, one of us, one of us, which is homage to the classic line from the 32 film Freaks. Mm-hmm. which was parodied in a few episodes prior. Which is
1: also where the uh, intro to, or the end of Pinhead, uh, Gabba Gabba, we accept you, we accept you, comes from as well, which you talked about.
0: Yeah. The ride is sponsored by Gas Producers of America, exhibits a veiled parody of the smear campaign and conspiracies by oil companies, such as the Street Scar Scandal, to squash alternative transportation, such as mass transit and electric cars, to expand the uh Ever powerful gasoline-powered automobiles. Thank God that doesn't exist now, Steve.
1: That's right. But now it's like everybody's awful because Tesla's not great. I mean,
0: I know, like Elon Musk, and out like like a month ago, like in Elon, we trust. And then it's like he tweets out like, "Go back to work, America, reopen." Like, no. And then Elon Musk has a new son named. Yeah,
1: like, how bad is it that your parents are named? Elon and Grimes, and you have the worst name of the family.
0: Elon Musk is literally like a James Bond villain, like a real-life James Bond villain.
1: And he would be, like, a villain where people would, like, cheer for him briefly and then realize, like, oh, he has his face carved in an island.
0: He needs to start dressing like Blofeld or Dr. Evil. Mm -hmm. Let the bald thing happen. It's okay. Oh, man. Hmm. All right. Are we done with trivia? See if you have any more?
1: I've got one more. Uh, When Lisa mocks Bart for befriending Edna, she quotes put mothballs in the beef stew which is a line from the simpsons hit single do the bartman eastern
0: airlines was a real airline that ceased operations in 1991 and appears here in the joke that they would be predicted to remain afloat as many companies did in the 60s which i i thought eastern airlines was like a parody thing so i i didn't know mm-hmm.
1: so i, thought was I cool. did not know that either
0: yeah all right well um how about uh, some quotes from this episode
1: all righty. So there are a number of quotes but I think that we kind of talked about this off. There were a lot of visuals that were fun. And quotes, like, there were some funny parts, but it's tough. But I, I'm going to go with the. I like the part with Grandpa talking about being in or i getting grumpy about having to go to bed. And But the line that I like is, do you have to poop always? <laughs> I feel you, Grandpa. I feel you. Yeah, there
0: isn't really, like, um, a quote that uh, I bet my Wookiee type of thing in this episode. Yeah. I really think I'll, I'll just put this in uh, I'm going to lump this in with my quotes in MBJ and that's Marge. Oh yeah. I think Marge was my favorite because there was like three instances where she's like the even the Latin Grammys and like kind of like wings at the the camera and uh her in the uh restaurant uh like pizza dare hamburger senior grilled cheese and then i hope i don't actually order an elephant like (laughs) i feel like it's like she's trying her best to like make jokes yeah but she's making dad jokes or marge jokes i think i laughed the most with marge in this episode so i'm giving it to marge
1: yes marge funny indeed i think you're right it's like kind of the mbj of the show just because effort to be funny
0: i take it back my favorite quote was agnes with uh seymour your feelings are ugly and wrong that's my favorite quote
1: (laughs) that's a good line too
0: so visuals um for like a t-shirt i'm gonna keep it simple stupid i liked when skinner doctored up the uh drawing of bart saying i'm teacher's pet nice that's a classic good t-shirt definitely you just get that on on a white t-shirt with black i mean it's it's simple to produce steve get to work on that i will and uh me i think i'm gonna go a bit more complex i'm gonna go with a
1: like a vintage uh future shirt so it's like going to the like a, a shirt that you get as a souvenir for seeing the future sphere but it would have like a crowd of people being whipped by the giant robots (laughs)
0: <laughs> i like that yeah giant robots whipping all right well i hope you guys found some better visual gags um uh, let's just wrap up with our our little review steve um i'll go ready uh, go first if that's alright. all right that's okay So this episode, very reminiscent of a classic, I think like a season seven to like a season nine type of episode. Um, Mm -hmm. I love when Bart does show some empathy towards other people and the concern towards Edna, like he cares about her and to get her this prestigious award. And Bart's good in this episode. Mm-hmm. and seymour is the one who's kind of being the dum dumb you get some fun moments there with these kids it's true like i said this episode kind of has like a lot of great simpsons i'm not saying tropes but beats mm-hmm. that that make it kind of a it feels like it's supposed to be a classic simpsons episode you have bart uh, scanning his butt you know uh, photocopying his butt and like putting it into the the bibles at church like bart being a hellion as you like to say Mm-hmm. Great stuff there. It's also a nice like continuation of the Seymour and and the love story, really. Yeah, because now they're cal- canonically engaged. It's almost like part three. You know, there's like the first episode where they get together, which I can't remember now. But there's like the second one, which is the first one with them holding Bart and the th- the three of them in Springfield Elementary and Skinner with the hot dogs as the dynamite. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw one of the babies and it waved to me. Was that the first episode of the? with their relationship
1: yeah i think so because it's the one where um it's martin's party and what kind of boy <laughs> has a little, a little dollhouse with a tea set a, a lucky, lucky boy,
0: boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah back to my review uh, here's the thing is like all of this story is good i just didn't really find myself totally in love with this episode yeah and you know reading about uh sneeze the writer dennis sneeze career and then also learning that he passed away from parkinson's i think that kind of like affected me like i need to like this episode yeah because of the tragedy and uh I you know I can't put that with our professional review Steve it hits the beats but there's something missing about this and I don't know what it is
1: a really interesting point
0: I liked what was going on and I think it was at this the, the time of the season 14 like it just I don't know it's an oddity for me like i have watched it over and over again I'm like <laughs> okay I, I need to figure out wh- where is this is working where is this working and it works but it doesn't I think it's important if you, if you're if you're into the Simpsons canon it's important to watch mm-hmm. if you're just want want to watch a random episode. I would totally skip this one. That's fair. With that being said, Epcot Center, which they parody, opened October first of uh, nineteen eighty-two. Steve. Okay. So, um, out of a uh, out of the year nineteen eighty-two, I'm going to give this episode uh, a seventeen seventy-six.
1: Alrighty. It's a very <laughs> Free score. Score of democracy. And about a C plus.
0: You're right. I'm gonna give this a um, the day the ocean Columbus sailed the ocean blue. I'm gonna give this a fourteen ninety two. <laughs> Alrighty. Out of nineteen eighty two, which is uh, a seventy five percent. So all righty it's still in the sea. it's an average C. yeah and that's what this episode is this is an average episode there's nothing there was no there wasn't a a joke to be like this this this
1: yeah um it's funny listening to your review and i know that we do this often but i kind of completely agree with you <laughs> I where say, i was gonna say is that even a review
0: <laughs> i just said well it. i mean
1: The thing is, like, there's nothing wrong with this episode, but I can't pinpoint what's right about it. Kind of like you were saying, like, they follow the beats, and it's got heart, and I like the uh, Krabappel-Bart dynamic, and I like that, you know, Skinner's playing the bad guy, and he does it really well, but there aren't, like, a lot of, like, oh, my God, really funny jokes, and it does feel like almost... It's kind of like Bart's butt, where it's a photocopy... (laughs) of a classic episode and a photocopy of that photocopy where it feels like this is like the third installment of the Skinner Krabappel love story but it feels like it's a little tired at this point and while it's not bad it doesn't break any new ground and, and like even the Simpsons already been to Florida and so there's nothing wrong with this episode and I think that if you're a completist or if you want the whole canon of you know Edna Krabappel's story, this is a good episode to watch, but I don't know. I feel like if you were somebody who grew up with The Simpsons and maybe gave up around seasons 10 or 11 or whatever, and you're looking for a great episode to get you reinvigorated for the show, this one might be one to skip. I think if you want to recommend it for somebody, it might be good, but to me, it didn't blow me away. It was just fine. And like I say, there's nothing absolutely wrong with it. It just seems a little, I don't know, I don't want to say lackluster, because I know that Mr. Sneeze worked on on it for, he probably worked very hard on it, as did the rest of the staff. But all in all, it wasn't the best episode. So I'm going to say that if you are aged 10 or older, and you want to go to the Magic Kingdom, which includes Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, and Disney World, it's going to cost you $126.74. So... I'm going to give this, let's say, $83 out of one hundred twenty-six seventy-four.
0: Can we also mention that uh, if you like this episode, you're probably gay. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess tell us what you guys think. Maybe maybe we're off. Yeah, this, maybe we were wrong. A, this could be an off week. We've we've had a couple of episodes in this past podcast here. We thoroughly enjoyed it. And this is not a stinker. It's yeah. just meh. meh. Famously some meh. Meh. All right. Well, let's find out what we're watching. Meh week.
1: <laughs> Alrighty, well, to do that, we'll need to bust out that wheel of random. Let's give it a spin to see what season we're in. Do-do.
0: We got season 29.
1: Season 29. Alrighty, and let's spin to see the episode. Do-do. So 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 so
0: so 29,
1: episode one. it landed on one I see. I'm going to guess
0: that's a season premiere of season 29?
1: I think you might be right. Uh, so it's called The Surf Sons. It originally aired on October 1st, 2017. In a magical medieval world, Marge's mother is turned into an ice walker, and Homer forces Lisa to use illegal magic to cure her. Lisa is kidnapped, and Homer must lead a feudal uprising to save her.
0: I think I, I watched this one. This is the uh, Game of Thrones parody, right? That's
1: what I assumed, yeah. Oh, boy. Interesting.
0: (laughs) It's not a a, a trilogy episode. It's a whole episode of fake Simpsons, as we like to call it here. Yeah. It doesn't happen in real life. Steve, are looking forward to... The Surfsons.
1: Um maybe I think what I'll do is I'll make Laura watch it with me. Oh. Because she knows more about Game of Thrones than I do.
0: Hey, maybe and she could be a guest next week. Perhaps. You have a microphone that has two way. I, I do. I do I do go both ways. Just like Mike. That's right. Bob. All right. Well, catch us next week while we're watching The Surfsons. That's right. We got some merch up on our store at TeePublic. So just go to tpublic.com slash user slash Boys. You could also contact us on social media at 138 Simpsons on the platforms of Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
1: And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And if you have the ability, uh, rate us and review us on your podcasting app. Uh, leave us five stars or the equivalent. And write a review. But it doesn't actually have to be a review. It can just be a Simpsons quote. Like your favorite Simpsons quote. Like, uh, hope I don't order an elephant.
0: All right. Well, this week, I've been uh half-annoyed grunt boy, Craig.
1: And I've been half-annoyed an grunt boy, Steve.
0: And remember, keep watching. The skis.
1: I'm an electric car. I can't go very fast or very far. And if you drive me, people will think you're gay. One of us. One of us. Do you have to poop?
4: Always.